awesome to have um, Bertie in the house this morning and the Leggett family. It's very exciting when we continue to welcome new little ones into our church family. We love that. So, you know, keep breeding, everyone. It'll be great. <laughs> we, we love the little ones. We can grow Rev Minis each and every... I was going to say week, but surely there's not that many people... Yeah, that's, that's a lot. Like, let's say a couple a year, we got this covered, Jacob. <laughs> 2022, we've got two more. Um, cool. So, uh, I don't know if you know me, but I'm Megan, uh, and uh, me and Sam are married. I'm a now Megan Elms, in case you're wondering. Oh, yes, there we are. I, I honestly... You get all these really nice photos, right, for your wedding. What do you do with them? That's my question. You pay a lot of money. You get all these nice photos. They're good to look at. Great. But I don't know what to do with them after that, other than they sit on your phone and every now and again you find an opportunity to be like, hey, look at this. Like, you know, like, or like there's really nice ones of myself. Like I'm like, oh, I look good in that photo, hey. But what am I going to do? Hey, everyone, look how good I look in this photo. Like it's a bit of a weird concept. But anyway... That's, so I thought I might as well show a photo here today because we only got them on Thursday. Um, it's for later, but thanks, Mark, for doing it early. Um, yes, anyway, sorry. So we've been talking over the last couple of weeks about what um, is Jesus saying to you. I love this because basically Nathan has given us free reign to really speak on whatever we, our, we feel that's on our hearts. Um, and I've loved um, sitting and hearing from um, different preachers, from um, Sarah and from Jacob, about what God has been speaking to them. And, I, and that's part of something I love about the church, is that God can speak to us individually in our own lives quietly and but yet we also have this opportunity to learn from one another and we're able to speak, whether you're on a platform or not, but you can go and speak to people in our congregation about what God's been teaching you and I'm going to learn from that too and we can learn together corporately. Um, and I love that. That's what I love a lot about our church family here. So for me, it's been probably the craziest, I'm going to say seven months, um, I'm oh, not very good with maths though, so, you know, yep, around seven months um, in my life that I've ever had and I, um, I didn't know, 2021 I started with this concept and I'm sorry for people who are older than this in the room, but I guess I started the year kind of half dreading it already before it started because I knew that come August I was turning 40 years old and I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to turn 40. It felt really big and I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't done enough in life and I'm just 40 years old. Um, it's not old. It's great. And I just want to say I'll promote 40 to anyone now because my life's been great since so maybe it's the turnaround you need. Um, so if you're waiting, wait until 40 and then it gets great. Um, but yeah, so I, the way I combated it was I hadn't had, and except for my 21st birthday, which, look, I would do again. Like, it wasn't the best 21st birthday party ever. Um, 
I hadn't had a party or anything because I'd never been engaged. I'd never been married. So I was like, you know what, Sam, to celebrate and make me not dread my 40th, I'm going to have a party. And Sam's like, yes, we'll organise this party. Um, look, to be in hindsight, probably wouldn't have wasted the money because I needed it for another bigger party that was coming. But I didn't know at the time that it was coming. No, I loved my party, but yeah, look, these things are expensive. Um, so... I thought, look, instead of like of dreading it, I'm going to try and embrace it. And then we were meant to go away for my 40th before. Um, and we went, in the end, we went going, uh, we went, ended up going to Northern Territory, which I'd never been to and I would never have thought of going to, but Cairns locked us out. So we made the second choice and the second choice was the Northern Territory. But it's beautiful in the Northern Territory. And we spent my 40th birthday, honestly, swimming under waterfalls. Like it was the most amazing birthday where we just like, it was just so good. Um, we went on big hikes. We saw nature. And um, it was an amazing holiday. And then Sam actually put on for me for my birthday this picnic that was just amazing. Like someone came in and set it all up. Look, I did at that point thought, think, oh, maybe he's going to propose to me. Um, and it didn't happen. So, you know, I was a little bit disappointed coming back. But... Um, that was just beautiful and amazing. And then we came back and I was looking forward to my birthday and Sam took me out um, one night saying, we might as well celebrate your whole birthday for a month. And I was like, I'm okay with that. Let's keep this going. Um, and we went back to, we went to the place that we first ever, um, our first ever real, real date. There were some others, but we'll forget those. Uh, this was a real date. Um, and he took me to... Uh, I was going to say Pizza Ticker, but it wasn't. Lost in a forest, it's in Uradla. And unbeknownst to me, he proposed and um, that was amazing. So that happened in my life and it was an awesome night. And I was having my party on the Saturday. So I kept it a, we kept it a secret until the Saturday and we could tell all our friends at the party. And so that was amazing. Like, I'm going to use the word perfect a lot because it actually, that is the only word I have where... At the moment, it just feels like everything's perfect. Um, yeah, so it was this perfect thing that happened in my life that I've been waiting for for a long time. Um, and so that was really exciting. And then from there, um, we wanted to get married like as soon as possible, mainly because I'm older and I've waited long enough. I don't want to wait anymore. Um, <clears throat> and so we were lucky in that we found a venue and they had a cancellation because of COVID. And it just happened that it was like four months after we got engaged. And we were like, it was, we went and saw the venue. It was the most perfect venue we could imagine for us. Um, it was everything we hoped it to be. And we were able to lock in a date. And there we are on a journey of trying to plan a wedding in four months. Um, and in that too, we obviously found out we were having a baby, which was amazing as well. So... Well, yeah, baby. Um, yeah, so we had these, I just had this whirlwind experience of amazing things that happened in my life that um, kept aligning. And then obviously we planned the wedding and we got married and it was great as you can, oh, well, that photo is really nice, I think. Um, but it, I, we, people keep asking us, how was your wedding day? And I, all we could say is we just felt like it was perfect. For us, it was a perfect wedding and we just kept saying that as the days after the wedding um, rolled on, we just kept like 
would remember something that happened and would be like, it just was perfect. Um, and we just loved every minute of it. And we got to go to a honeymoon and we went to Port Douglas. We stayed at a resort and like legitimately just swam in these pools at the beginning of the day to the end of the day with cabanas. We went out to the Great Barrier Reef and snorkeled. Um, I wasn't great at it. I had to have a very special snorkeling thing that had a red bit on it to give the lifeguards like knowledge that like maybe I'm a bit special. <laughs> like I was like the special kid <laughs> um, because I was pregnant and I needed extra help apparently. Um, but I think it's a floating device so I was okay with it. Um, so we did that and then we came back and it was Christmas and I love Christmas. Christmas is one of the favourite times of the year. Um, and from Christmas we then were like, oh, wow, we're going to start setting up for a baby because we hadn't We've been planning a wedding, so it's a bit hard to do both. So we started setting up our baby room, and we've got now everything, and that was just, and just even moving Sam stuff in, and that was just like all these really amazing experiences all happening at once. And there were many a days, like every couple of days, where Sam or me, depending, would look at each other and just be like, life is good. Like, life is just really good. Um, we still say it now, I think. We've, we're not out of our honeymoon period, I don't think. I don't know how long they're meant to last, but we're feeling good about it. Um, and so when um, Nath spoke to me about, can you speak to the church about what God is speaking to you about, I kind of had to really dig deep and I had to really pray and say, God, like, what? what are you speaking to me about? Because I've had, like, I can see God's hand at work in, and I could tell you in each and every one of those things I spoke about in my life over the last seven months, like I can see his hand at work and his hand being at work for a long time before those points. But life was just really good and I had to sit and reflect. And, and God very loudly <laughs> said to me, Megan, don't become complacent. Um, and I don't want to tell you these things because I'm like, oh, sorry, I feel like I'm bragging about my life and I don't mean it that way. But I, I guess I was taken aback by the fact that God said that to me. And I was like, okay, like, but then I looked at it and I tried to look at the overall picture. And I was thinking really hard about how in so many times throughout my life, I, where I've had significant encounters and experiences with Jesus, um, which I can tell you about, transformation encounters, have been the times when I felt dark and low. They were the times when I had to, I, I didn't know how to get out of bed or I was sitting in a car park at work and it took every energy inside me to walk inside the door where I had to call out to the God to be like, I can't do this unless you're with me. And, and it was those times where I felt God always answered. Like sometimes not in the way I wanted or expected, but he always answered. I sought him in desperation throughout my life. But what happens when I'm not in those times? When I'm cruising and life is going well and life is good and I am thankful and I'm journeying with the Lord like I am, but I'm not needing needing, I don't know whether that works in this situation, or I'm just being like Joey of friends right now, but um, I'm not needing 
you know, I'm not needing the Holy Spirit to intervene in a situation. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? It's like life, it's traveling, it's cruising, it's going really well. And so I'm thankful. And I, I, I will wake up and I'll say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that I'm married. And thank you, God, that I'm having a child. And But I don't have anything in my life right now that's uh, making me hit rock bottom or is like this massive obstacle that I'm trying to overcome. And so I'm not fervently on my knees seeking Jesus out of desperation. And so I feel like God was saying, what about the times in life that are going well? Have you become complacent? So what is complacency, I guess? And I um, I got this definition. So complacency is the feeling of being satisfied with how things are and not wanting to try and make them better. When you're cruising in life, when things are going pretty well, then I like I can't think of much more that's like, what could get better than this? Like, so so you just satisfied. I'm feeling very satisfied. I'm satisfied with how my life is going. Um, and I just wonder. If we are happy and complacent in our own life, when life is good, do we sit comfortably in that and stop actively seeking God's will? A.W. Tozer um, says this, the complacency of Christians is the scandal of Christianity. The complacency of Christians is the scandal of Christianity. As Christians, we declare that Jesus Christ is God, that He's the way, He's the truth, and He's the life. He, um, he's the resurrection and the life. Like there's so many things that I know about Jesus that I can declare. Um, and I do declare. I come here each Sunday and I sing the words of the song and, and I know and I, I believe it, like I declare it. And each of us here, um, well, some of us here, have had a salvation encounter and a moment where you can say, this is when I decided to follow Jesus. And if you haven't had that moment, let's hope that happens today because it's the best thing ever. Um, but it's, we have a salvation encounter or along our journey after that salvation encounter, maybe it happened really long time ago, I'm sure you can speak to experiences where God and the Holy Spirit moved in your life where you had a transformation, right? Like along your journeying, continuum, Christian continuum. I don't know whether that's anything. Um, <laughs> so um, once we have that, and I can speak to it, like I've been to, uh, I, I'll say one, this is one. I remember going to Planet Shakers very early on. Someone invited me, that it's a youth conference that used to happen here in South Australia when I was young. I think it was 99. Ooh showing the age. Um, I was finishing year 12, 99, class of 99 over here. Um, and someone invited me and they only invited me because they were singing on the stage and they were like, come along. I didn't know what it was. And I just remember this um, meeting in particular where the Holy Spirit really moved over the whole um, congregation. And it was a, like a bunch of youth from all over Australia. Um, and there was a guy leading worship and he was like playing the keyboards, really zoned out to the Holy Spirit. And he was just like playing this music that just felt like, I don't know, I can't explain it. But it was just this Holy Spirit moment where I felt really impacted by the Holy Spirit. Um, and 
uh, I walked away from that. Like we prayed for some people in hospital and we found out they'd been healed and there was things. And I walked away from that conference feeling like totally and utterly on fire for Jesus. Like I was like, man, we, like I've seen, I've had this encounter and now I want to change um, my life and how I live my life because of that. So I would go and I get involved in the Word. I would read my Bible every day. I would pray. I would um, fervently seek Jesus. Like I was like, I'm just now this um, sponge that wants to soak up everything about who Jesus is. And I would listen to, I bought all the CDs, you know, back in the time there was the CDs. Surely not everyone here knows what a CD is. Like no one grew up without a CD so far, right? <laughs> anyway, um, and I'd have them on in the car and I'd listen to sermons over and over again. And I was like, what conference more can I go to? What else can I do? And that was one um, example um, where once we have an encounter, usually we desire to then to find out more information, right? We desire to get, we get hungry and we, and we want more. And um, I, I guess I, I wonder where's the point that over time, after these encounters, that I tend to get in a pattern of routine and that pattern and routine makes me hunger a little bit less. So I, I, instead of coming to church each and every week and then going away and thinking, man, I need to pick up my Bible every day this week and I want to be hungry and I, I heard what was said and now I want to apply that to my life, I, I, I go to work and then I'm tired and then I come home and I'm really tired, at the moment extra tired, and then I make an excuse in my head and I don't seek Jesus. Does that make sense? There is a time, and I think it happens for all of us. It's human nature. Uh, it, it happens because life happens. Um, and so we can get in a routine and, we, and then we come to church. And we come to church and we love Jesus. I'm not saying we don't. Um, but it's a routine of things. Like, cool, on a Sunday I get up and I come to church and I'm not really preparing my heart or my spirit to what God's going to do. Or throughout the week, I'm not praying for what could happen at church or the people. And I've stopped inviting people to church because I'm like, oh yeah, cool, it's comfortable. I'm okay coming here. Um, it's pretty easy. Do, do you get it? It's like this, where is this spirit of complacency? And I think in those times when I've, um, suddenly realising life has just gone on, I, I forget to pursue a life of holiness. I forget to pursue Jesus no matter the cost. And the pursuit takes second place to my life and what's happening around me. In Philippians 3, Paul speaks of his salvation experience. So Paul was Saul on the road to Damascus. Um, I, I hope I said that right. I um, and he speaks in Philippians, he speaks a few times actually, and if you want to know his story, it's really great, it's in Acts, um, and he speaks of his testimony to what happened, um, and, and I guess it's just something I thought for us as a church, we may get something out of, and I've got something out of, and it says this, 
For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort, though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could. Paul likes himself a little bit. Indeed, if others have reasons for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew, if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought that these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For His sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I may gain Christ and become one with Him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience a resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Isn't that amazing words? See, Paul, who at the time, like I said, was Saul, had, a, had an encounter with Jesus on his road to Damascus. He had a life-changing transformation conversion. And he explains that in the verse we just um, spoke about. He switched from confidence in the flesh to confidence in Christ alone. Paul gained the surpassing um, greatness um, of knowing Christ Jesus personally. Christ became his Lord. He knew him in theory. He knew well things about him that he'd been taught. He was a good scholar. He knew stuff. Um, but in that moment, in that transformation, he experienced Christ as his Lord. But he, um, and this salvation experience that he speaks of in this verse in Philippians happened 30 years. So he's addressing um, the uh, Philippian saints. 30 years on from that experience and he's still going hard. Like he's still, but he's saying, I haven't reached perfection yet, but I'm still striving and I'm still running. I'm still running the race. I want to be like Paul, still actively pressing on 5, 10, 30, 50 years from now, however long I'm blessed to live on this earth. Um, I don't want to be complacent. I want to be active in my pursuit of Jesus. And I think this can be the same for our church. And I want to pose some questions to us this morning. And I, I'm coming at, at it with a grace, with grace and love, not 
condemnation, just so you hear me, because I'm speaking this for myself, because this is what Jesus is talking to me about. But are we, as a church, becoming complacent? We're only a year old, officially. I think it was our birthday, like now, right? Happy birthday, church! I feel like we started at the end of January. One of my memories came up and it was like, church is back, Oakden. So I feel like maybe next week is our party and I've just ruined the surprise. It's a surprise party for everyone. (laughs) Barbecue, I'll bring the cake. But we've now been a church for a year. However, for some of us, we've been in the same church community for a long, long time. Like it's not just a year, but we've been part of a church community for years and years and years. Um, have we become complacent in that time in our pursuit of Jesus? Are we content, but content in a not so great way? Are we okay that we do things just because that's the way we've always done it? In, in 2019, some journey of our church, and if you're new here, this is um, probably obviously new information, but the journey of our church saw that as a leadership team for this church, um, which was called 5pm, we really had to get on our knees in desperation in 2019-2020. We were seeking Jesus so um, desperately to for his guidance on what we should do as a church, which ultimately ended with us coming here um, and and planting this revolution church. But we had to actively seek him. It wasn't the best time. Our leaders were going through a lot. Um, Nathan was going through a lot. And we were active in our pursuit. We were desperate. And I remember crying out in desperation, being on my knees. I remember meetings of our leadership team where I knew something had switched in um, our lives, be- like it just felt like we, our focus became different, which it should always have been Jesus, but it was really like, hey, Jesus, we, we need you. We don't know if we're going to survive as what we are. Are we still on our knees? Because this church is great and I love it and I come every week and I'm so happy that we, God has led us to where it is and we're getting new things started like Rev Minis and but in that, in that greatness, we as a church still need to be desperate for our church. We still need, are we, are we con, um, complacent with um, friends that maybe we've invited one or two times and they haven't come and we're just now given up? Like, and we're like, okay, well, our church is pretty good. Let's just keep it as is. If we invite new people, that might mean we have to talk to them and we have to actually like make an effort. And I like it when church is a little bit cruisy. Are we still on our knees for our church? I never want our church to be known as complacent. I want to see that we actively pursue Jesus as a church, through not just on a Sunday, but throughout our journeys in life as a week. May we run towards holiness. We may all fall down. At times, it's going to happen. And our active pursuit of holiness, we, we're all going to, uh, we're not always going to make it, you know, like we're not always going to do the right thing. We may go off course, but as a community here, we pick each other up. We love without limits. 
and we can continue the pursuit. It's like those um, things where, uh, look, I can't think of one right now, marathons, I've seen marathons where like someone's running and like legitimately someone falls right at the end and the person who's winning comes back and carries that person and is like, hey, get us over the line. They always come out during the Olympics, these stories, but that's what it is. We as a church body are here to pick each other up and continue with the run and the pursuit of who Jesus, um, of Jesus. And we sang a song today and we're actually going to sing it again um, soon. And I want this lyric, these lyrics of this song to be true and real for our church. And they say this, we are your people. We are your God. We are your temple. Make us holy like you are. We are your children. Set us apart. If you're calling, we're coming. We're not walking. We're running. God, we re-surrender. So we re-surrender. The Bible talks in many... I've, I've only got a little expert, uh, um, excerpt in Paul, but it, the Bible continually talks about the push to continue running, to continue pursuing. I think of that in times when I can't get up, but what about the times when I'm walking and the scenery is great? And I could walk in my comfortable state forever because it's beautiful and great. What about then? I know for myself, I don't want to be comfortable in my pursuit of Jesus. I want to start the running. And that's hard because I don't always want to run. I got to tell you, I don't always want to run. It's comfortable to walk and I much prefer it. But I want to start the running to be continually challenged desperate, willing. I just don't want each day to go by and yes, it's good and I love the Lord, but I want to learn new things. I want Jesus to do the new. I want the Holy Spirit to work each and every day. It's in the simple things and we've talked about them over the last couple of weeks. And these simple things that we say are simple when we go away aren't so simple, but they are simple. (laughs) It's through prayer and making it a priority in my life. It's through accountability by speaking to others about what I desire because when I speak it out, then they can hold me accountable to that. It's reading the Word It's actually spending time with Jesus. Maybe it's not doing actually anything other than asking Him, like spending time in awe of Him in silence. Setting up things in our life that keep us focused. Maybe that's a family prayer time. Maybe it's a devotion that you do at the dinner table with your family or your partner. It's the seeking, but then the listening. Because I think in those times when I reflect on when I was desperate, when I desperately sought the Holy Spirit, it was because my ears and my heart were ready to receive. They were open to it. I was active in my listening because I was so desperate. May I continue to be active in my listening because when I call, I believe when we call out to Jesus and we, act, we, we pray and we pursue, he, he, he talks to us, He answers us. But are we too busy to listen? We need to have an open heart to the Holy Spirit 
and invite Him to fill you consistently and constantly. And Nathan spoke about that last year, that prayer every morning. Holy Spirit, come and fill me today. Tozer says this, and I'm so challenged by this. Every man is as full as the Spirit as he wants to be. Make your heart a vacuum and the Spirit will rush into fill it. How much do you want the Holy Spirit to fill you? Because He can fill you to overflowing if you desire it and you're open to it. That is my prayer. I desire to be filled to overflowing. Life is good. God is good. But may contentment not take... Um, um, complacency. <laughs> Sorry. May complacency not take over. And that's my challenge to us individually, myself, because this is what God's speaking to me about. And I'm just pouring my heart of what He's saying to you, but also as a church. And I just want us to... I'm going to get us to sing this song again. The song, and I know it's new, and Daniel said it was new. Um, but I want the words to ring f- um, true to you today. And if you're going through life and life is good and things are travelling on and you've got stuck in a routine of just coming along to different things, maybe today, this morning, is your time to say, hey, God, I want to re-surrender. I want to not walk. I want to run in my pursuit of you. Also, I want you to come. May you make my heart passionate about my pursuit of you. I believe that if we ask the Holy Spirit to come and do that to our hearts today, He will answer. I also know that you may not know this Jesus I'm saying to pursue. Um, And if that's you, then I pray that uh, you desire to know that Jesus and that Holy Spirit. And if you want prayer to accept Him into your life and heart and start pursuing Him and running the race, then we are here and we can pray for you as well. But I'm going to ask everyone to stand and I ask us to surrender today. And and we're going to sing this song. Let's ask for our passion to burn again. Let's ask for a, a conviction, not a telling off, but a conviction of if we've become, for God to reveal to us if we've become complacent as a church and as our own in our own lives. But let's ask for that Holy Spirit to re- help us, fill us, put passion in us again. But also, there, we do that by our act of re-surrender. So we're going to sing, and I invite everyone to stand. <laughs>